Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an urban educator for more than 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, an educational consultant, an equity advocate, and the co-host of Inside the Principal's Office. Let's get started. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. This episode is a pause to ponder segment. These bi-weekly sessions will allow me to share with you my personal thoughts and reflections on a wide spectrum of topics as they relate to education. It is my hope that you will be able to take something from these segments and apply it in a meaningful way as you continue to do amazing work. Remember, while we all have different roles, we all have a single job, educating our students. So as promised, here is part three of four of the podcast series uh, that is doing a double job, right? One, it's it's to have a discussion around my good friend Hedrick Nichols and her book, Finding Your Blind Spots as well as giving me an opportunity to reflect and digest on the conversations that I'm having with my staff around this particular book. And so each week, uh, each pause to ponder segment, we've been investigating and examining two different chapters. So in segment one, we did one and two. Segment two, we did three and four. And now we're on to five and six. If you if you have not yet listened to any of the previous episodes. Uh, Again, as I mentioned previously, there's no need to stop and go back and listen to those first. They're easily standalone episodes, but I would encourage you to to listen to all of these, uh, whether order you prefer, uh, but definitely take a listen because, again, this book is full of useful information, and I believe that you would benefit. But of course, most importantly, make sure that you go and pick up a copy because we are just touching in these 10 minutes or so. We're just really looking at the surface, which is interesting since that's somewhat the title of this episode. So anyway, let's jump in. So chapters five and six, again, examining bias, but this time looking at a a few different aspects, right? Chapter Five, we were looking at things like language and uh, political and uh, theological ideations uh, or ideologies, I should say. And chapter six was really looking at an individual's, uh, you know, sex, gender, orientation. And so it was interesting as we were diving into these, the, the biggest piece that I think came out in conversation was how do we separate the two? And, and what I mean by this is that 
at the core, we're all people. We are human beings. Regardless of the attributes, the characteristics, the labels, the the, the surface uh, perceptions that ones have of us, at the core, we are human beings. And all too often, I believe that we are so caught up in all of those things that we use to characterize and to label and to define ourselves and one another, that we allow those things to interfere with our ability to interact with one another on a very basic, fundamental human level. So in in our conversations, you know, one of the things that I shared, and this is just me again being transparent, is that I've carried with me a bias towards individuals, especially those in academia who do not use quote unquote proper English. Now I know, right, oftentimes it's said, right, right is white. And so what we consider standard or proper is typically, you know, the, this this Europe-centric version of the English, right? Which which is interesting in itself, that whole history, but that is not the time for the show. And as, as I was reflecting and sharing I started off with a conversation of, I don't know where this stemmed from, but literally in that conversation, in the reflection, I think I had an aha moment. You see, in my family, I was the first individual to graduate from high school. In fact, there's only a handful of individuals within my immediate family who graduated from high school, graduated from college, you know, have any sort of strong academic background. In fact, a majority of the individuals within my family hold jobs and not careers. And growing up, that meant that we had to have a certain lifestyle. You know, I remember shopping at a secondhand store as I remember bouncing from from residence to residence, trying to outrun the rent that was due. I, I remember that life. And I was embarrassed and I was ashamed and I wanted something more for myself. And for me, that was that world of education. But I also had this belief, this idea that I had to, to interact and engage with it and those individuals within that space in a certain way. In order for me to be successful, in order for me to, to, to dig myself up and out, there were certain things that I needed to do and those were the things that I embraced. And still to this day, while I do right, obviously understand that that played a role in the successes that I have today, the reality is, is that that is a bias now that I hold towards other individuals. If I hear someone, is, again, especially in an academic space, who uses jargon or slang or, or colloquialisms during a presentation, I look at them and immediately their sense of credibility, their expertise, their everything drops down a notch. And I try, I will be honest, I try very hard not to allow those things to happen. Right? I, I have found myself in this constant state of, of scanning and reflection to figure out when am I engaging in these practices that are harmful to myself and to those around me. And that is one of those. Right, the chapter talked a lot about those individuals who speak foreign languages, and it's interesting that 
that has very little aspect of perception, right? Because that is your language. And as you're speaking another language, right, of course, there's going to be accents and things like that. For me, that's understandable. It, it's it's that improper quote, right? Improper use of English. For me, that's a struggle. And some of the other pieces that we were talking about in this chapter are things like, you know, the the political ideologies, the religious ideologies, and how it's tough for us to be able to take that aspect away and to look at the person as a person. Right? I mean, think about that. We, we are in a political turmoil state right now. And if somebody were to claim that they were a Republican or a Democrat, that if they were a supporter of, say, Trump or Biden, right, immediately we have these perceptions about who that person is beyond even that own label. We start to to look at them in a specific way, and it's very, very hard to separate that. And so one, I would encourage, because this is something that Hedrick talks about in that chapter, is how do we give them that blank slate? How do we begin separating the two? So that way we could acknowledge the person as an individual and not those other pieces. In fact, one of the uh, participants in the group mentioned that they had a friend who came out as gay and mentioned the fact that there was someone within their circle who was just enamored with the fact, oh my goodness, right? That's all they wanted to talk about. And I love this idea that she said that when this individual spoke to her, they said, being gay is like 23rd on my list of things that make me me. Right. But that is the only thing that this other person saw. That was the only attribute. And that's just one of many. Which brings me to a website that Hedrick mentioned, and I would encourage you to check it out. It's called 56 Black Men. And in on this website, this author took pictures of 56 different black men wearing hoodies. Now, we know what the stigma is of a black man who's wearing a hoodie, especially when that hoodie is up and over their head. We know the stigmas that are attached. And what this artist did, this photographer did, is that they took these 56 pictures and then had the individual's name and then their occupation, what it was that they did. Right? With this idea of that I am more than my stereotype. I mean, think about how powerful that would be for you in your classrooms and your spaces with other adults of other educators to engage in a practice where we were able to look at one another beyond those stereotypes that existed, beyond that dominant label that might exist for me. What are the other attributes that I'm carrying? What are the other aspects that I might have in common with you that allows us to build a relationship in spite of those differences. We can't get to that point until we begin having those conversations and leaning into chapter six, this idea of sex and gender and orientation. And, you know, I, I, for, for most of our conversation, this aspect was no different. That we need to see beyond those qualities or characteristics, if you will. And, and forgive me if, if any of those phrases offend, because I'm, I'm trying to find the exact words, but it's this idea that it is more than just, right? And we know that there are individuals who, who strive to maybe make 
certain aspects of their personality, their whole personality, right? And and I get it. And it might be even harder with these individuals. But at the end of the day, very much like we talked about in the last uh, session, was this idea of not putting necessarily the the adjective, if you will, first, but putting the person first. How powerful would that be if we started having those conversations? In fact, we have a young woman in our building in a wheelchair. She lost one of her legs in a horrific accident last year. She's brand new to us. And I remember the mother of this young lady got very upset with one of our staff members because somebody asked where this individual was by name. And the staff member clarified, oh, the one in the wheelchair. And the mom was very upset and said, my daughter is more than just that. And in fact, in having a conversation between me and my principal and our resident principal and another staff member, we were challenging one another as we were to have conversations around this young woman as well as others. What if we took that that, that very obvious, very blatant label or characteristic and refused to utilize it? And in fact, started looking for other things that we could utilize, right? So that we didn't just come into that space and say, this is all you're known for. Because again, as I mentioned previously, if that is all we're looking at, if that is all we know, if that is all that we, that we focus upon, then it is going to drive our mindsets, our attitudes, and our beliefs towards that individual. And that, that is what we're trying to address as we find our blind spots. Until next time. I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and of course, share it with friends and family. I'd also love to hear your thoughts about the show, so please leave a comment or two as well. Now, I'm not sure what platform you're using, but the show can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other platforms. If the show isn't on your preferred site, let me know, and I'll be sure to get it up and running. This podcast is also featured on schoolrubric.com, where you can find educational articles, videos, and interviews with educators from around the globe. Be sure to connect with me and other listeners by following the show on Twitter at the CN Podcast and joining the show's Facebook group. Take care.